talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views. And the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com. And owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Thank you for listening to Driven Radio. We know your time is valuable, so we work hard to bring you the very best in automotive content and interviews. You can listen to us online at readthedriven.com, on iTunes, Pippa, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. Please follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and on Instagram at Read the Driven. We're coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Overland Park, Kansas. I'm your host, Brett Hatfield, here with my co-host, Vern Estes, Shelby Expert, and owner of the world's lowest volume car dealership, and today... Today, we also have special guest Corey Pratt of Craving Cars in studio. Hi. Corey, nice to see you. It's nice to see you. It turns out that you do something on YouTube that we do on the air, and so we figured we would have you in here to do what we all do. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. It's, it's, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm ready. Thanks for being here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week and a lot of news stories, so much so that uh, it will be lucky if we get it all in. But <laughs> most of this stuff, Vern, comes out of your world, uh-huh. uh, or at least the first couple of stories. All Ford stuff. Um, oh, that's a great day. Well, and let's start with your favorite thing. What's going on with the new GT500? What's, well, what's happening with that new Shelby? We have discussed on this show the 2020 Shelby GT500 before. We've heard about the horsepower figures. We've seen the different body modifications. Now Ford has come out with the base MSRP, including cost of all the options as well. So base MSRP is starting at $70,300 in the car. Which sounds like a ton for a Mustang until you consider... It sounds like a ton for a Mustang until uh, you have been truck shopping lately and you realize that everything <laughs> three-quarter ton or one ton trucks cost that much too so but, but the other part about that and i don't know if uh if we touched on this uh 760 horsepower yeah so just almost enough almost enough yeah it seems like we're in this horsepower war again well which but, it's it's hellcat gt500 it's but now the horsepower war is horsepower per dollar uh the the horsepower is getting cheaper. You remember, sure. you remember a few years back, you can get an, you couldn't get a Lamborghini with seven sixty. Oh sure, yeah. That's, I mean that's a ton. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean that's just the starting price. You know, um, you know, with destination of twenty six hundred dollars, the starting price is twenty three hundred ninety five dollars. Then come the options like a carbon fiber track pack with carbon fiber wheels, huge race car derived wing. Not a huge fan of the wing, but the carbon fiber wheels are absolutely a must. When they're on the Ford GT or on the, when they're on the GT three fifty R, they change the entire character of the car. Sure, so you save so much weight and rotating mass. Uh, handling packages separate, costing $1,500 for additional aero elements and adjustable suspension bits and leather-trimmed Recaro seats are about $1,600. Ford but, makes it easy. Yep, go ahead. But you skipped over that carbon fiber track pack, which does have the carbon wheels, and it's got the giant wing on it, so you've got a place to you know do your ironing. $18,500. $18,500. 
five. Yeah, and then you've got kind of your smaller options. You've got special paint colors like twisted orange paint at $495, painting the roof black at $1,000, which while getting charged extra to paint the roof black is a little, it, it's something that a lot of the manufacturers are doing now. Oh, Henry Ford's giggling himself blue. Yeah, it makes a pretty big difference on the car, though. I actually like on the old Boss 302s uh, when you could paint them black or white on the roof, which is kind of cool. Uh, $1,000 option for over-the-top full racing stripes and vinyl. Um, having them done in paint costs $10,000. I, I actually want to address this carbon fiber thing real quick. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, $18,500. It, no, it's, it's not going to be a cheap package regardless, right? No, but those are those carbon fiber wheels that it's the, the GT350R's the got. Right. But here's the thing. 12 years ago, you wanted a carbon fiber wheel, you were probably going to pay close to $20,000 per wheel. Now, oh, when, sure. when the 350R came out, weren't they ten grand a corner, or wasn't that what they were quoting? It, well, the thing is, it's like that whole car was being sold for about the price of 10 years before that of what the wheels cost. Yeah, sure. of course. And so it ended up being quite the, the package or quite the bargain. And now you look at these and go, not only are you getting the wheels, you're getting other carbon fiber stuff on top of the wing and the splitter. And well, all that and, stuff too. but the, the one real downside is Nick, one of those wheels. Well, then you can go afford another car. <laughs> yeah, just buy another car. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Even the, uh, you think of all the cars that are available with carbon fiber wheels right now and it's still extremely limited. Yeah, so you got Ford GT, it is imp- product. It is uh, impressive that Ford's doing it because they're in rather yeah. rarefied air. So it's Ford GT, Koenigsegg products, GC350R. Yeah. There's not a Porsche with carbon fiber wheels yet. There's not a Ferrari with carbon fiber wheels. And that, which is more surprising. What about the GT2 RS? Is that not carbon no, fiber? No, those are, well, those are actually, you could argue those might be more interesting because they have super thin spokes and those are all, they're solid magnesium. Oh, so, okay. they, so they just catch on fire. Instead of breaking like carbon fiber well, does, yeah. they'll just catch on fire. You know, it's interesting though. It's crowd pleaser that way. Yeah, I mean, one of well, the interesting things in But the, when you compli- combine the wheels with that, uh, is it the carbon metallic brake system that they've got the PCCB or whatever it is on the GT2 and the GT3? It's a $10,000 or $15,000 option on Porsches. Oh, sure. Uh, you kind of wonder, how hot does that get next to that magnesium wheel? Not as hot as steel. <laughs> The thing when I read the press release for the pricing, and I'm obviously a huge Ford fan, uh, the $10,000 just have the stripes painted instead of vinyl. I thought, I I don't think I've ever seen another car break it out like that, let alone for it to be that high. That that is... Because Shelby's are known for having tape stripes all the way back into the 60s. Not really that unusual. I mean, the -the over-the-top stripes were generally painted. In 66, they were vinyl. So it's not unusual to have vinyl stripes on a Shelby. And uh, it just seemed like $10,000 to paint them. just (laughs) seemed like... Pretty high, but you know, I guess if people are willing to pay it, the Ford Motor Company is not, you know, a bunch of dummies, so they know. What but they're doing. even even with the breakout like they've got on all of the options, and with the, uh, you know, they've got breakout for different paint colors. The triple coat twister orange paint is uh, four hundred ninety five bucks, and uh, you know the three thousand dollar technology package, which is something I would actually cough up for if for no other reason than it has a light that projects the Shelby Cobra mm-hmm. on the ground. Well, you need that. Isn't that like 2500 by itself, right? You got to know... It's three grand. You got to know what you're driving every time you step out of the car in the dark. But it also has the upgraded stereo powered uh, powered driver's seat and stuff like that. Even if the car is a hundred grand, look at what you're getting. Oh, sure. You know, phenomenal handling and outstanding acceleration and the brakes and just... It's an incredible car. And if you go back... 10 years, 
the performance that you're getting out of the new Shelby, you couldn't get out of yeah, modern exotics. Horsepower. Yeah. No, so you couldn't. It mm-hmm. is I mean, it, it's difficult for me to say something at a hundred grand is a hell of a bargain, but it's a hell of a bargain. My one hope for that car is that the drivetrain has similar it's the same displacement, it's been re engineered a little bit, but it's all based on the voodoo motor without a flat plane crank. My hope is that the characteristics of the drivetrain are at least similar to GT three fifties where they're fast revving. I mean, obviously sure. what they're going for in a GT five hundred is big horsepower. What makes those cars fun to drive is how quickly they rev. So I tend to prefer those kind of faster revving, sportier type of cars. But like this should be a very cool car. It'll just be interesting to see how they uh, like what kind of characteristics they put into the drivetrain, let alone what the what the red line will be. You know, we've, we've got a lot more cool news to get to. And we're going to coming up here in just a minute. We're going to talk about the new off road package for the Ford Super Duties. We're going to talk about whether or not the Camaro is going to live or die. We got a lot of stuff to get to and we'll get to all of it here in just a moment on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, when we were left, we were talking about some of the big news from last week, uh, talking about the uh, the forthcoming Shelby GT500 and all of the cool stuff that's going to be on it. Now, to balance out all the Shelby stuff for my for my dear friend Vern, we got to give Chevy a little bit of love. God knows they need it. Okay, you know we all know the mid-engine Corvette's coming. It's going to uh, bow at a uh, uh, private event july 18th in orange county california there's even a clock uh, countdown clock online but that means that production on the seventh gen has come to an end because they're retooling for this eighth generation car the last seventh gen corvette sold at a barrett jackson auction at uh, mohegan sun casino it was a manual z06 and sold for two point seven million dollars all of which will go to the steven siller tunnel to towers foundation of charity founded to honor the memory of a firefighter who lost his life on 9-11 the foundation uh they help build houses and pay mortgages for first responders and uh, military veterans according to corvette blogger the car was sold to daniel snyder the same guy who reportedly bought the last dodge viper in 2018 it was a uh black seven speed manual z06 and 3lz trim uh and it had the z07 performance package 2.7 million dollars so here's the was the car on the stage actually the last car or was it like some of the other sales where they have no i think the car i think the car on the stage was representative of the last car but they're not actually done yet are they I uh, I think their production's coming. The production end is coming pretty quick because they have to have time to retool for the eighth gen. Yeah, and they're saying that uh, new production eighth gen Corvettes will be available in December. Wow. So you mm-hmm. know they they got to have some time to retool and then crank up production, and that's pretty quick turnaround when you're talking what six months and so as the ford guy who doesn't really make a habit of keeping up with the mid-engine corvette news the probably an old news story but the idea that they might have continued the front engine car at least for a little bit of time 
at the yeah, same I, time as the mid-engine. That's just not. That's yeah, not I, a, there's not, not going to be cars any production anymore. overlap. And as much as I wish there would have been, I think it would have been kind of cool if they would have done a couple years of front engine and mid-engine at the same time. But I don't think Bowling Green has the production capacity to do, to do that. Sure. I just don't think that they've got the room. Uh, it would have to be two entirely separate lines. There aren't going to be. I'm doubting there's much in the way of common parts. No. Yeah, I highly doubt it. It just uh, it, two completely different layouts there can't be. So, 2.7 million dollars to mm-hmm. say I got the last one and with that 2.7 you don't get to drive it. You don't get to enjoy it. I get that it's for charity and I like that it's for charity. I think that's a good thing, but Jesus seems like a lot of money for something that you don't ever get to do. It it's art. Sure. It's yeah. art. You don't ever get to drive that car. It's a good cause, though. It is a good cause. It is an absolutely good cause. You're going to get money to something, you might as well get a Z06 uh, in, in addition to the uh, to the write-off. So. Sure. I mean, that, that's really the only reason why they go for that high is the charity aspect of it all, which, well, like, and like the you guys said, can, is for a good cause. Well, the guys so who can afford that are also looking for a bit of a tax break, and I can't, I don't begrudge them that. Yeah, there, there's that. And then you have the bragging rights. So now he not only does he have the last Viper, but now he has the last Last Viper, Z06. last Corvette, and look how much I gave to this... Right, uh, and he has on a, national television. No yeah, less. and and he has an awesome story to go behind. It is oh, this money went to this, went to that. So. Well, that's and, and again, I'm not going to begrudge him that. I'm not mad at him. I that's fine. But Brent you know, wishes that the car was his. That's basically what we're coming down to. I think we are. <laughs> I would I would have looked for a ZR1. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Like usually yeah. with the charity cars, they they, they basically with, auction off the top spec. Yeah, that they you can they get. go with the ultimate yeah. version of whatever it was. So the fact that it was a Z06 that is kind of curious. But mm-hmm. it was the final production model. Maybe there was a reason that the final production. Maybe they regard the Z06 as the the true meat. Maybe that's like what the they most had. iconic of the cars. And they made. I mean, they made the Z06 for so many more years. Maybe that's what the they had the production. most leftover parts for. Yeah, there you go. All righty. Maybe the ZR1s have already been sold. Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. That that wouldn't be that surprising, would it? Yeah. Yeah, since they're made in such a, a smaller number. Mm-hmm. All righty. Here comes the big debate. Last week, we heard uh, that current generation Camaro production was going to cease in 2023, and there were no plans to make another one. Uh According to Muscle Cars and Trucks, multiple sources within GM confirmed there would be no seventh generation Camaro. They said it was uh, it had been in the initial development stages, but with the entire program has been relegated to the sixth gen's remaining shelf life, meaning it was going to end in 2023. Chevrolet issued the following statement: While we will not engage in speculation, we will remind you of our recently advanced updates coming to the Camaro lineup this fall. An all-new LT1 model will provide customers V8 power with the design and affordability of our LT trim. This award-winning SS model will feature a new front fascia from Camaro's shock concept. All of our updates are customer-driven to improve the car and its driving experience, which pretty much says we got crap coming for what we're doing, but we don't have anything after that. The only thing I read from those couple sentences is... We're not going to say we're making another. Well, one. what that boils down to is I got to tell you something, and yep. this is all I got. But 
So make no mistake that this is not, I mean, whether or not the Camaro continues, just the fact that it's even being debated is not good news for a Ford guy. It's not good news for people that are fans of the Challenger. Yeah, well, it's better for everybody that all three exist. uh, Competition makes everybody better. Sure. So I think it needs to be there for the Mustang. It needs to be there for the Challenger. They need to have that in place. Everybody competing towards, uh, you know, being the ultimate version of themselves pushes everyone else to keep competing and i think it's a i think it's kind of a mistake that lasted all of 24 hours that was monday tuesday under the heading of oh what a difference a day makes uh after the camaro being killed the story of the camaro being killed off appeared on monday on tuesday gm authority citing unnamed insiders familiar with the program reported that the development of the seventh generation camaro has been delayed until further notice not canceled altogether uh with the end of the set with the end of the seventh generation or sixth generation current generation expected to come in 2023 there's plenty of time for gm to pull the seventh generation camaro program off of the shelf get back to work but right now the resources that would be devoted to that are being allocated in other areas meaning we're not working on it right now but that doesn't mean we won't so uh and even if gm took a year off the seventh generation camaro development to see what trends were happening and to see what was going on with uh ford with mustang and with challenger that doesn't mean they couldn't come back with it but it also sounds like they don't currently have a platform for it yeah i mean it's just interesting that they might even entertain at the same time the idea of discontinuing it for a few years and bringing it back of course they've done that before just seems odd to me as a mustang guy i mean hell we had the mustang too oh the god love of all that is holy oh. and that was embarrassing but it would at least kept it going wasn't Still that built the on the same platform as the capri mm-hmm just awful. Yeah, terrible. Just, just awful. Absolutely terrible. The only good but picture just, I ever saw of a Mustang too. The Camaro is an icon. It is. It's just weird to me to see either if it goes away or even if it takes a pause. It's just strange. I would think that Chevrolet would make that car, the Suburban, and the Corvette. Well, how long was the pause from, for everything. from the time? And Silverado, they, of course. But how long was the pause from the time they ceased production in 2002 to the next generation Corvette? That was several years. Or uh, Camaro. I know. I just, don't think it's a good, I just don't think it's a good thing. It's but like the, the halo car. You the know? other thing that the article said was that uh, with the advent of the new Corvette being mid-engine, front-engine purists, if they continue making the uh, Camaro, would have another choice. They sure. Would, and if the... If they Good didn't point. care for the they could make the Corvette, Camaro slightly more expensive too. They could well. They, they could charge a little bit more for it. Do more content. Do more power. Better handling. You know, maybe cor- some ergonomics well, mixed in there. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be nice with a lot yeah. of stuff. But it, I mean, the Corvette ZL1 is a hell of a car. Oh sure. Yeah, and for the buck, oh, yeah. uh, Z28 and ZL1, you could make a pretty good Corvettes dynamically or Camaros dynamically a lot of the time are much faster than the uh, the Shelby, you know, related car. Sure, at least uh, from like a measured perspective. So well, and with the with they're the, great cars. With the Challenger, you've got something, uh, especially with all the different iterations of the Hellcat and the Red Eye and the Demon and everything else. You got something that'll go like hell on a straight line, but they don't handle particularly. 
well. Yeah, they're just a big sofa that that does a 10 second quarter mile. And they're heavy. Yeah, they're darn. Heavy. They're all heavy though. Well, you put I mean, a new Mustang next to an old Shelby. I mean, it looks like it looks like an international harvester travel. All insane. You, you look at the Challenger and the Charger and stuff. They're they're also built on a uh, older platform yeah. chassis. Oh, well, yeah. they're due for a revamp. Yeah, they're well, absolutely. Where, where the Camaros are. You know what's interesting? That, the Challenger doesn't seem to age. It's very strange. Like I still look at like they gave it a newer interior. I still look at a Challenger and think it just looks amazing the one thing i can say for a challenger having That's, had has great looks uh a, the, been out forever i had the six bang rental car out in california a couple of years ago uh the v6 had fantastic power it's got the most cryptic interface for uh the navigation and the bluetooth and all that it, it is the biggest pain in the rear to try and figure out the new like well option one those the ones that are really nice well i i would hope they would be better hey listen uh when we come back we're going to have a story about a crooked government uh, official uh his staggering car collection and where they're about to be sold and some of the unintended consequences that's easy for me to say unintended consequences of electric cars and what's being done about them all this and much more is up next on driven radio back to driven radio coming to you from driven radio studios in overland park kansas so with the c8 corvette uh it's going to debut this summer and you know just a couple weeks in orange county on july 18th uh but it doesn't go on sale until December. And, and we all know you just can't wait. So what are you going to buy in the meantime, Brett? You've sold all these cars. No, 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 no. I've had more car deals fall through this week. Uh, it's unbelievable. I've, Is that huh. what you're selling? So far, I, I haven't bought two Porsches, <laughs> and I, I haven't bought a, a modified Corvette. Welcome I've tried to, to buy life. all that stuff. Are you telling me that potential buyers of classic cars have a tendency to flake out? Oh, my goodness. I would cannot never believe, say such a thing. I cannot believe you would ever say that about the classic car community, bro. I tell you what, man, I've had more flaky people come out around that 61 Impala and that Bronco. People wonder why classic car dealers are able to make a living, and it's because people get completely wore out of the, well, we'll just go ahead and edit that out. I'm I'm ready to... People get wore out of the amount of flakes that say they're going to follow through on something and they just don't do it. I'm ready to farm out everything. I have a pending deal for the 61 Impala that may or may not go through. He's getting... Did you hear that, dear audience? He's getting wore out. Out. He's tired. I'm he's nearly frustrated. Worn out. I'm. Well, he's been. Mar- he's he's sitting in the fridge. Nice piece of red meat. Been marinating for weeks now. He's getting wore out by flakes, and he's about to enter the snares. I'm ready to be cooked. Somebody needs to cook me. All right. Can we not make this about <laughs> about <laughs> my inability to sell really nice cars? You must just keep them. Uh, speaking of selling cars, Bonhams is holding a no reserve auction that includes some of the most valuable and exotic, exotic sought after supercars of the past decade. 
And they all came from a crooked government official, the vice president of Equatorial Guinea. Uh, the gentleman's name is Teodoro Obiang, uh, and his collection was valued at roughly $13 million. You would think that like a few eyebrows would be raised when your local politician is driving a Lamborghini Veneno Roadster or a Koenigsegg one-to-one or an Aston Martin 177 I'm, I'm or a Ferrari or a P1. Or I'm a guessing Mr. Obiang's uh, salary wouldn't be able to justify all of these. What do you think would happen if you saw Bernie Sanders rolling down a street in Washington of a Veneno Roadster? What kind of news story would you have off of that one? I don't even want to speculate on that. <laughs> uh, but he did. He had a Veneno Roadster. He had a Koenigsegg one-to-one. He had an Aston Martin 177. He had a Ferrari LaFerrari, McLaren P1, a Bugatti Veyron, and a bunch of other stuff, too. And $13 million worth of cars. I'm not sure how he kept all this uh, a secret, except the cars were located in Geneva. And if you own a map huh. or a globe, you will notice that Equatorial Guinea is not near Geneva. Uh, the cars were seized in uh, the fall of 2016. A trial court ordered them to be sold off, and the money earned from the sales would be invested in social programs that benefit Equatorial Guinea. Uh, Equatorial Guinea is about to see a nice influx of money. In fact, uh, Bonham's pre-sale estimates on the Koenigsegg one-to-one, uh, according to Christian Koenigsegg, the CEO oh, sure. and and president of Koenigsegg, uh, he says those are low. He says they're expecting, uh, Bottom said they were expecting about $1.8 million. Christian Koenigsegg says it's worth at least twice that. At least. Uh, but the one in, the one-to-one is one of only six remaining, and it's got 371 miles on the clock. The Veneno Roadster is one of nine in the world, and it has 202 miles on it, and it's valued at $5.1 million. The Aston Martin 177 is is number 35 of 77. It's valued at almost a million and a half. Uh, the McLaren, the LaFerrari, and the Bugatti uh, 16.4. It's a Veyron 16.4. Round out the list. And there's also uh, Mercedes Maybach, uh, Bentley, uh, Maserati, a Porsche. Man, that's a lot of stuff. you got to wonder what this guy was doing and how he was doing it to accumulate all that stuff. Yeah, in the life of a politician, I can't quite imagine one ever being a Moral or unethical? No. So I'm sure he earned it. Fair and no, square. No, so. not 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 anywhere. I just got one question. I, I'm dying to hear it. Was there a 918 spider in that? No, didn't have one. At least there wasn't one mentioned mm. in the article. Okay. I well, think he didn't check off that box. It well, really he's basically have. a popper then, no then, isn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, may, the Holy Trinity. I'm thinking that maybe the 918 was the last on his list, and he got yanked up before they uh, he got the collection done. Well, because I'm thinking with the collection, if they had nine, I could pick one up at a reasonable price. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not coming through bottoms, you're not gonna jack. <laughs> it turns out they had a 918, but it wasn't a Sock package, so it looks like you're you're no longer in the running. Well, there you, you go. Don't wanna, you don't want to buy a standard 918. No. <laughs> anyway, the auction is going to take place Sunday, September 29th at the Bonmont Golf and Country Club near Lake Geneva. Uh, there's lots of pictures and information, and we'll have the link on driven on readthedriven.com. Good grief. Oh, wow. I, 
Brett's considering uh, politics as his new uh, profession. Oh, are now. you kidding me? There's no freaking way. <laughs> Not <laughs> a chance. Then he wouldn't have to sell any of you his know, cars. Yeah. You know the fine-tooth comb and magnifying glass they take to your Brett past. would have a warehouse full oh, of no. Broncos, second-gen Broncos. He'd have like 5,000 second-gen Broncos. I'd have a warehouse full of skeletons that I don't need Didn't, anybody Wait a second. See. Weren't you the uh, the sausage mayor uh, of McPherson, I, Kansas? I, I am the sausage king. Oh, okay. Of King, so you were already involved in politics uh, previous to this podcast. So does that relate? I, no, no, no. I was involved in the monarchy. Yeah. King, kings aren't True. elected. So True. does that relate to the Sausage King of Chicago as well? Or is that different? <laughs> that guy it, copied it's a little different. It's a little different. That guy okay. copied me. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am every, I every year for a very, very limited period of time, I am the Sausage King of McPherson County, Kansas, when we go down to the McPherson College uh, Cars There's just Club so show. many jokes that are not appropriate and, for this oh, podcast well, that I can make right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. There, there may have been an adult beverage or two involved in all of this, and also uh, me cooking for a large group of people and burning all the hair off my hands. And a little Fun. bit off my eyebrows. I feel like this is a story for another day. It was a great. It's my favorite weekend all all year long. And this year, I drug uh, Vern and our photography, our photographer buddy Ped down there, and we had a great time. So, one of the unintended consequences of electric cars. <laughs> this is this is the best story all week. It absolutely is. They're silent. They're quiet. They don't make any noise. And apparently, they've been injuring <laughs> blind people. They, the <laughs> people who are visually impaired, who are vision impaired, not visually impaired. That's something different. Uh, people who are vision impaired have been being hurt by them. And now, the European Union will no longer allow cars, to, electric cars, to be made that don't produce a sound similar to a, a combustion engine. So is the driver of these electric cars not held responsible for hitting people then? Is it the fact that the people being hit can't hear it are responsible for being hit? I, I don't Well they were all autonomous I, at the time. They were all being driven by the by the Tesla. Yeah, computer, I don't so I don't know I don't know problem. where the liability lies with them, but now the European Union and the United States pretty soon are mandating that electric cars have to produce some kind of sound. As far as the noise, can we just regulate that every one of them has to be the beeping sound that commercial trucks make nope. when they're backing nope. up, even when they're going they, forward? They I just want the beeping constantly. You just want to What about the crosswalks? That's what you want to do. What about the crosswalks in America that beep, you know, for... <laughs> <laughs> the vision impaired. I, I don't think that I don't think that's going to work. They're saying that the the electric cars have to sound or produce some sound akin to an internal combustion engine below a certain speed. I I, I have an I have a like a crazy idea here. What I'm if, all ears. What if the drivers of these silent electric cars stop hitting be people. responsible for looking where they're going i i, I know i know I'm, I'm reaching way out there that I, is I a good it. that's a good simple solution that's but just I have, nutty i have an even more simple solution that we've all done before what about just like a playing card on the wheel of a bicycle you just put it on the outside of your tesla and it just makes that fluttering noise as you go down the street How about that you know that, if you were old enough you would good. remember the grip that you could stick on your bicycle and rev up that sounded like a motorcycle revving when you're but you're not old enough to remember that you got to be close no. to 50 to be able to remember those uh god we got so far off track 
A new law taking effect on the EU Monday aims to improve safety by ensuring that pedestrians, including those who are sight impaired or distracted, meaning goofing around with your phone when you'd be paying attention to something else, can hear electric cars as they approach. The new law mirrors one set to take effect in the U.S. in September of 2020. The big difference is that the European law will require electric cars to make sounds like one with a gas engine below 12 miles per hour or when they're backing up. So you don't get your beep, beep, beep. beep, beep. It has to sound like a no, really unfortunate. It has to sound like a gas engine. Uh, unlike the Americans, European drivers will have the option of deactivating the sounds when they deem it necessary. So they it, don't want it to produce carbon monoxide, but they want it to sound, sound like, like it, it does. produces okay. carbon monoxide. Uh, just making sure we're clear. I, 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 I they want part of the package, not all of the package. Can it sound like a coal burning like electrical plant? I'm getting to that. Okay. In the U.S., the National Highway Traffic Traffic Safety Administration is considering a proposal by automakers to develop their own custom sounds for their electric cars. This is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that you get to choose the sound your car makes. <sighs> Boy. <laughs> Oh, sorry. We've been, it's just been a long time talking about electric cars. I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm hey, falling asleep. You, you think I'm really... This is the first thing that's interested me in this. I would choose, I don't know, screaming guitar. As car guys, aren't we all like... <laughs> I'm not necessarily anti-electric car, but I kind of like the fact that they're silent. Now when they're trying to make them sound like internal No, that was the engine, coolest thing about now, them. Now it seems like not... like It's just... I don't know. It's driving me crazy. Hey, just, just make them silent. They're electric. That's kind of the whole point. Just speaking of being in McPherson, you remember when Luke's wife pulled up and she, uh, they'd gotten that Tesla Model 3. Mm -hmm. You remember how quiet that thing was and how cool it was that it just kind of silently pulled yeah, up the you driveway? You could just sneak up on so You could hit so many pedestrians with those they'd never even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you could just whack your, people. Imagine your, the number of points you're going to get Your ulterior motive is so you Tons. can sneak up on yeah. people and run them down. Yeah, which is kind of the whole point of this news story, I suppose. Well, that's not so I guess we need... You know what we need? We need them to make noise, like an internal combustion engine. I, I, well, I have an idea. I think then. what we need is to have you examined <laughs> I know, by a shrink. I know I'm full of ideas today, but I have another idea. Oh, boy. What if we just not do electric and keep the combustion engines? Well, and that way they that. continue to there's make that. the noise. All right, well, clear the room for the PC police. They're on their way. Oh, oh, oh uh, yeah. Here comes oh, the, the, the electric car. Gascapo is at the back door. Exit yeah. stage left in. See you later, guys. Oh, Oh, it was fun. Yeah, nice having you here. <laughs> anyway, the, NHT, uh, the NHTSA is considering a proposal by automakers to develop their own custom sounds for their electric cars. The U.S. law is also set to require cars to make noise up to 18.6 miles an hour. How did they come up? Is 18.6 uh, a, a an English translation of a metric figure, it would almost have to be, wouldn't it? I don't know. It's it just possible. sounds like there's a room full of regulators that are overpaid. That <laughs> just they, they probably took eight weeks to make that well, decision. Regulator and overpaid. There was there was somebody arguing it? for like eighteen point three, and somebody else was arguing for eighteen point seven, and they compromised eighteen point six. Well, eighteen point seven was too much. Well, yeah. well, clearly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, above that, regulators say the cars generate enough noise from wind and tires to be audible. In the U.S., fifty percent of electric and hybrid cars need to have this system in place by September. The NHTSA expects the new rules to cut injuries by 2400 a year once they're implemented. 
kind of suggesting that 2,400 people a year are being clipped by quiet cars. Kind of surprising. I, I have a feeling it's more than that, but they're just trying to cut it down by 2,400. Yeah. I'm, I'm past the point of caring. <laughs> I really don't. If you're out there walking and not looking for an electric car, then maybe you should just be clipped. Really yeah. don't care at all. Uh, so... We finally made it to Exit Lane Live. Oh, my good grief. Uh, uh, Corey, you've been with us all day, but we'll go ahead and introduce you now. This is Corey Pratt of Craving Cars on YouTube. He's here to tell us a little bit about his YouTube channel and also to get us caught up on Exit Lane Live. Corey, um, how long have you been a car guy? You know, to to be honest, um, I can be a car guy for as little as the number I can think of. (laughs) <laughs> as far as age goes, I don't know. I do remember liking Hot Wheels and you know your toy cars that I can get a hold of. I, but I, I, I also live in the day and age that Tonka was a real fun I, yeah. toy to I, have as a child. I, I so. have a full-size Tonka in a 1990 Bronco. I'll have to show you. Well, there you go. That is. Uh, so do you remember what got you interested in cars, or was it just, hey, this is cool? or You know, okay, I promised I wouldn't cry on the show. Okay. <laughs> I promised I wouldn't tear up. All right. But uh, most people who seem that I meet are into cars because they grew up with cars. Uh, they may, Maybe they, they had family members that had a shop or there was money involved to where there was always had nice cars. I was neither of those. Okay. But I do remember a time. Now, I'm, I'm going to bring this. This is the tearing part. It was a, uh, I have a lot of stories with my mom back in the day. And just so you know, my mom passed away over 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. But it was a time when she had a a, a 70s Nova. All right. Okay. And I remember her back in the driveway and it just making a noise. And then she kind of, she gunned it just to see what kind of look I would do. And I got thrown back in my seat and I was like, wow, mom. This, this thing sounds cool. And just so you know, this was before I was in third grade. Okay, the summer before third grade. And then ever since then, I, I just have a feeling that I was apparently hooked on cars at that point. Now, later on, the story goes where I did not know, obviously, at the time, but she apparently knew a guy that built racing engines, and he put one of his engines in that car. So Because that's what you it, need to come It to. ran well. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but it was a puke-colored green, and it was an ugly car. But it was a cool car. I love Novas. That'll work. Yeah. I like Novas. So how do you go from riding around in mom's hot rod Nova to, hey, I'm going to start a YouTube channel? Well, uh, part of that starts, it, it, it can even go back as far as just the the old Kansas City Auto Show. The uh, Oh, yeah. You know, it's not, not, not the biggest show auto show in the world by well, any means. Well, that's not the biggest city in the world by any means. all we had at the time. Yeah. So I'd go to these shows every year and I had a buddy of mine we would talk about this so much and then one day I was just like I don't know why we don't do this exact same thing we're doing but put a camera in front of us. Why couldn't we do that? I talked about it for almost five years. Really? Before I finally actually did it and it was one of those things where I don't got a lot of money to put in the cars, but I bet if I did a video, I can get around these same cars I don't have the money to buy. And so one of the things you've been doing with Craving Cars is you've been telling everybody about all the cool shows, cruises, events, and you've essentially been doing our Exit Lane Live segment, except you've been doing it in front of a camera and putting it on YouTube. Apparently, yeah. Which is exactly why you're here now, dude. Which is awesome, I'm just going to say. 
So uh, why don't we get to this? Because we got a lot of stuff coming up, and this will be uh, the audio version of what you're probably going to have on your uh, your update here in the next couple of days, isn't it? Uh, actually, the update will be released tonight. Oh, you're going to beat us to the punch. Uh, I don't know. It depends on whether people see it in the next day or well, or not. But it's just and, and really my up to date video. It really consists of where Craving Cars is going to be, not necessarily all of the shows. Oh, okay. Well, we've got all the shows that are here uh, in the KC Metro, and. Uh, it looks like our first one is going to be July 13th in Lee Summit, Missouri, the third annual open house cruise night at Cable, Cable Dahmer Powertrain, 2655 Northeast Hagen Road from 4 to 8 p.m. Open house with free burgers, hot dogs, DJ, engine giveaway. Call 816-347-1411 for more info. And also on July 13th in Overland Park, Kansas, you have the classic car show, Pause for the Cause, the FCBC of Overland Park, 8500 West 91st Terrace, 9 a.m. to about 5 p.m., raising money to benefit the KC metro area. Pause to end hunger. Call 816-674-5633 for more info. Then July 13th in Wellington, Kansas, we've got the 36th annual Wheat Festival Car Show at Sellers Park. That's at 501 East Harvey Avenue. Registration is at 8 a.m., $15 to get in. Awards at 1.30 p.m. and a 50-50 pot. July 19th through the 20th, Chillicothe, Missouri, Lions Club Car Show and Swap Meet at Simpson Park. That's at Highway 65 to the north end of town. Cruise night on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Car show registration is $25, 7 a.m. to 11 for registration. Awards at 3 p.m. Cash giveaway drawings for pre-entrance and pre-registered entries also receive a free t-shirt. There's a 50-50 drawing, adult and youth games, and lots of door prizes. July 20th, Overland Park, Kansas, Prosperity Car Show, Prosperity Advisors, 10955 Lowell Avenue, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., $15 suggested donation. Well, so that means that it's probably going it's to a charity. Yeah, it's, but but you expect to spend at least 15 bucks. Hey, throw some more in there. Why not? It's a donation, right? Sure. 100% of all donation benefits, so that goes to that, is the Veterans Community uh, Project. First 100 entries will receive a commemorative event dash placard and a goodie bag which goodie bags who doesn't like goodie bags Kansas City uh, area chapter of Military Vehicle Preservation Association will be part of the car show again this year Casey Wolf will also be there and who doesn't love Casey Wolf uh, Michael poor- Day DJ 50-50 raffle that good stuff Casey Wolf's got to be dying on that suit uh, more than likely this time of year but uh, for more info of course go to www.prosperitycarshow.org also July 20th in Pleasant Hill Missouri got the Redneck Reunion Rat Rod trucks bikes and anything cool car show i know you'll be showing up for that one i'm telling you what that sounds like my kind of gig it's at uh, pine dell horse farm 19909 east 175th street 10 a.m to 5 p.m that's it and more information can be found at www.pinedalehorsefarm.com july 20th in shawnee kansas the second annual synchrony veterans network car show 9510 west 67th street from 9 a.m to 1 p.m cars bikes buggies food and music. All proceeds go to Reese Across America. This is an organization I actually have something to do. Reese Across America is run through the American Legion, and I'm a lifetime Legion member. Uh, so 
good organization. Uh, they plant wreaths on Memorial Day and holidays on uh, grave sites for veterans. Um, it's an organization that honors our veterans in December by laying wreaths on graves at over 1,400 locations across the U.S. There will be an exhaust competition at 12 noon. Hot dogs, burgers, chips, and drinks will be available for purchase. July 21st, Kansas City, Missouri, you have the Great Car Show. Oh, I'm going to this. I will be there as well, for sure. Can I drag you down there? Uh, Did you say it was great or good it's great great it's oh, great. well okay I'll it's be there. better than bad and it's if great. you're i'll be there yeah no i well, mean if like so is log yeah, yeah that's right uh if you want to go and you don't have something cool to take i will let you drive uh, a tonka looking bronco down there that sounds like it fits my style oh. it's the only ford i have for you there you go what does the screaming cars get a vehicle too do you need a vehicle i might okay well do you want to ride shotgun in the world's coolest 61 impala what the hell? Say you'd rather have an SL600. Yes. It, or the shotgun part. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be down at Liberty Memorial, the National World War One Museum and uh, in Memorial. And that is actually a collaboration with uh, the Kansas City Automotive Museum as well. But that's at 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Presented by Mercedes-Benz of Kansas City. Additional sponsors include Santa Fe Tow, uh, Haggerty Classic Cars, Pete and Jake's Hot Rod Parts, and numerous of other business, www.greatcarshow.com. And I, I will add one thing real quick. If you're going, you need to register ahead of time because uh, yeah. they do yeah, not yeah. register the day of the show. No, that fills up quickly. All right, then July 27th in Blue Springs, Missouri, we got the All Makes and Models Car Show. Target Time Defense, uh, 2410 Northwest South Outer Road, hosted by Target Time and Mid-America Chapter Buick Club. It's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Registration closes at 11 a.m. $20 registration free, free hospitality room, food truck, firearm raffle, 50-50 raffle. Proceeds go go to help local charities, top 40 awards, and dash plaques for the first 75 cars. Rain or shine. July 27th, Bonner Springs, Kansas, the 46th annual Show and Shine Car and Truck Show at the Ag Hall of Fame, 630 North 126th Street. Registration is $20 from 8 to 11 p.m., 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for show times, $3 for spectators, dash plaques, door prizes, top 45, and best of show. Giant chicken and small train ride. You know, I'll show up any place they got a giant chicken. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, food's coming from the VFW. Call 816-560-1229 or 816 799 51230 for information. It's sponsored by the Hall of Fame and Genuine Chevy GMC Truck Club. Also on July 27th in Shawnee, Kansas, the KC Paul Walker Cruise 2019. 60 North James Street, uh, 6 p.m. to about 9 p.m. Now that is down like the West Bottoms area if you're not aware of that. That is also presented by Crazy Vinyls. $5 cash entry per car and that is actually going to some good causes of course. Actual cruise rolls about 9 p.m. sharp because a lot of people don't realize that is a meat and cruise, and not just a meet. Very cool. Uh, details will be, uh, be released at this event. We will also be there. Craven Cars will be there, of course, helping Jared Gray of Craven Cars to help put that event on. I can't thank you enough for being here. Yeah, thank you for being so, here. It's been fun having you. Thank you so very much. We really it. appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to catch uh, what Craven Cars has on all of this stuff here in the next couple of days. I can't say it enough. Thank you for being here, and thank you for keeping Vernon in line. God, I, I appreciate you having me on. 
<laughs> More than you think. Of course, all the information and links for these events can be found at www.readthedriven.com. If you have an event, show, or cruise you'd like to have announced on Driven Radio, be sure to contact Brett at readthedriven.com. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at readthedriven.com, follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Vernastis. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.